Sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 1st. Um, no April Fool's jokes here. The world has had enough of your crap. Um, we are in the midst of, I don't know, I would call it the off season, but it's like seven off seasons rolled into one, and who knows when it will end. Um, we're going to talk about a, a bunch of random topics, thanks to um, Ferber had a good idea this week to, to toss out a... Um, um, a Q&A for the masses. So we've got a, a bunch of questions from, that are all over the map um, that we'll, we'll, we will get to. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Um, up in not Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, buddy? Um, you know, it's things are weird, Brad. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to describe it. Um, I'm, I'm not in Fishersville, not at the sports store where I should be rocking and rolling right now. Because sports isn't happening, so um, trying to make the most of it, hanging out with the family. The girls are inside watching Frozen Two. I'm down at Smith Mountain Lake. Um, social distancing. We have a place. No one's around us. We're safe. This is where we're working. Um, who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? And up in Reston, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on this year program. What's going on, my dude? How are you guys doing out there, you cool cats and kittens? Oh my god, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Uh, at, at Justin <laughs> underscore Ferber on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items. And if you would like, you can vote for me in some, uh, I think I see, is it the Elite Eight that uh, of the UVA t- uh, Twitter thing? Um, oh, you're still in it. Yeah, I just, uh, a few minutes ago, I got tagged. It's me and, um, oh my gosh, who was, who am I again? I don't know. But anyway, go vote for Cavs Corner because, you know, represent. All right, um... Man, what a week. I feel like we could say that every week. But um, as we go forward into April, um, let's see. When's the next podcast we will do? Let's see. Uh, in, the, in the month of April. So today is the first. If we do, if we go next uh, next um, next Wednesday night, it will be the anniversary of the championship game, um, which will mean that it's a day after my birthday. I went from... Being on my birthday, being in Minneapolis about to cover Virginia's first ever um, basketball national championship game to being stuck inside under a uh, <laughs> under a um, under a stay at home order. Um, and I got to be honest, it, I, I liked last year a lot better. Last year was a whole lot more fun. Um, so let's let's get to the questions. Um, Ferber, you you have you have the power tonight. You have the the, the controls. Do 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 the thing. Do do the do the leading of the program. Be summarizer in chief. All right, let's do it. Um, so basically, Q and A podcast like the ones we've done in the past. Uh, I also asked for people's hot takes, and we got a few. Uh, yeah, hold at on, some wait, point, wait, wait, hold on, pause. Do we do we need to have a conversation about how some people don't know what hot take means? Because you were like, "Hey, give us your hot takes," and what I saw most of was definitely not hot takes at all. I appreciate the questions. But like, if somebody says, "Give me your hot takes," you got to be like, you know what, Chick Fil A is trash. Like, you, you got to give me a hot take. You know, I'm just saying. Could that yeah, be the title of the be, episode? Chick Fil A is trash. That makes the other person go, "Whoa," <laughs> you know. Or I guess I mean we could agree. In like a sense, I've never but... seen the Godfather movies. Like what? That's not really. That's a hot not take. really. That's not really a hot take. That's just something you should do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something you should rectify. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I asked for stuff on Twitter and on the message board, and since the message board people pay, we're going to start with them. 
Um, I did not write down who asked the questions, though. So you'll just have to forgive me for that. Uh, if you would like some sort of recognition or plaudits, uh, we don't really do that. So <laughs> we didn't promise. I, I guess <laughs> we didn't promise you nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can give. I'll, I'll put my Venmo at the end of the show, and you can send me some money, and I'll name drop you next time. All right. So from the message board. Um, first question, I guess, for the transfer portal recruiting basketball. Um, what do you guys make of UVA reaching out to multiple wings? Is this due diligence, or could they actually add someone in this window? Um, personally, I think it's you. You always reach out because you don't know what's going to happen, especially especially in this environment. You're not sure like if guys are going to come back, right? Like you got to be mindful that you need to have some some irons in the fire. And if you think back, what was what year was that when Tony had all those transfers and basically went into you know, those last few months, uh, you know, with like, um, I remember, didn't Joe Harris like break his hand and he still, like, he still played? Uh, I think after that, essentially, they decided that they were never going to get caught flat-footed again. So it's it, it's in their best interest to, to reach out. And then they had that 2017 season where Shayok and Thompson kind of right, left. Right, exactly. Unexpectedly. And Nichols is already gone. Right. So they kind of had to play catch-up. Yeah, so I mean, I think ultimately... It's more about due diligence, but I also think too, like you don't reach out to kids that you wouldn't, you know, plausibly want, right? You don't just like reach out to a dude and be like, "Hey, you know, how's it going?" Um, I, I, I think the bottom line though is a lot of it is your due diligence, and then there is a part of you that you do have a scholarship to use. Um, in it makes more sense to me if they go find a forward, um, but I also understand too that from the forward standpoint, they probably don't know what all they do have, right? So you know Hauser's going to be pretty good next year, um, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. Probably going to be more of like a stretch four. Um, it's probably their best lineup, right, is to play him at the four. Um, if you do that, now your 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 true big minutes dwindle, right? I mean, for me, and I'm not trying to start anything. I'm just, I'm just having a conversation. Um, it comes down to probably Cody Statman, right? What does Cody want to do? Does Cody want to come back? Um, I, I think for international guys, that's a different conversation than it would be, you know, if the kid was from Memphis, right? Like, um, that's just a reality of college basketball, right? Is a lot of the foreign kids, they they grapple with with decisions that a lot of the domestic kids don't. And given the environment and everything and the uncertainty, it makes sense to me if um, if anybody decided not to come back or decided to go to school closer to home. Um, now, now just doesn't feel like the kind of time where you want to be 17 hours from your house, um, or whatever it is to get to New Zealand, um, or Australia. It's also not a great time to move. I mean, like, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, cause you can't visit, right. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to go look at anything. Um, so I think that's, and it's it's, not like he could even do that anyway. He's in Australia. So like, I mean, he's not going to come back at this point for that. So yeah. I mean, and, and Kafaro obviously too, he's in Argentina. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is not like, that we expect him to leave or no, anything, no. And but, I'm not even saying that like I expect Cody. I'm not. I certainly don't want to give that impression. I'm not trying to start you know any rumors here. I'm just saying that like if you look at the big picture and sort of just a I don't know the totality of circumstances, it makes sense if right. And ultimately, like they just came through a season where they needed guard help, so of course they're probably looking around saying, hey, we could use some guard help. Um, and they've got two of their two of their three recruits coming in are coming off of surgeries. Um, you know, and you might not necessarily know where they're going to be, especially now that they might be somewhat limited in the amount of gym time they can get. So, I mean, you know, you're trying to prepare, you know, it's like 
people think of these things as like climbing a mountain, but it's not. It's like, you know, you're trying to traverse a desert, right? Like you're not really sure where the stuff's going to come from. You're not sure where the hazards are. You're not going for one specific point. You're just trying to survive and get to the other side, wherever that may be. Um, so I think due diligence is probably the best way to say it. And for now, um, you know, that's where it'll be. And if, and if that changes, it changes. I guess that's just the, the natural way of, of things, especially given the current environment. All right. Um, Dave, if you have anything you want to add on that, let me know. If not, we got a lot more questions. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, <laughs> no, no, I mean, quick, uh, quick thing. I mean, if you think about the three spot, like it's probably the most important spot on the basketball floor these days. Um, so yeah. obviously you've got Raheem coming in. He's really good. You got Statman who's been there for a couple of years. You got McCoy who's kind of a, you know, a big three, small four kind of guy. We don't know what he is. So, I mean, I think if you're looking at a grad transfer who fills that three spot, it just makes sense because of the versatility that position adds. Um, and there's going to be lineups, you know, assuming <laughs> assuming we play and everything. Um, there's going to be lineups where you could, you know, teams you play where Hauser could even play in the five. So having a couple of threes is not yeah. a bad thing. So Yeah, if you have a three that can sense. throw in at the four every once in a while, like, you know, that's great, you know, yeah. if you could do that. So uh, you think about like Braxton Key, for yeah. example. So, all right, here's a good one. Yep. Uh, I really I really like this question. I think you guys are going to like it. Um, also from the board, who are your starting five for basketball next year if you can only pick football players? Wait, what? Oh my God. <laughs> you have to, you have you to create ask, a starting five from the football podcast, team. So okay, so it. Charles Snowden is that is one of my five. Um, good pick. Uh, He's playing the four. We, kinda, we can just kind of collaborate on this. All right, this yeah, I, I would say Charles Snowden for sure. Um, He's playing the four for me. Um, I'm trying to think who, who, well, we know that he was good at basketball, right? I also and then take, like Dontavian Wicks. Cause he was, he was, yeah, supposed to be he, good at basketball. give me Jonathan Horton. Cause yeah, oh, okay, yeah, we got them. All right. Swoboda. Yes. Swoboda. Okay. So we've got a, we've got yeah. a solid uh, group of bigs. Now we just need a point guard. Now, literally we could just throw one rando out there, but like all these dudes are huge. Um, Trying to think of like who would have been because I remember like there was a time when like John Tell Evans was going to play running back or something. I'm trying to think of like the reverse of that. Like if there was like, somebody that like Horton's definitely on the team. So we got Horton, Swoboda, and Snowden already, right? Those yeah. three are. And then Ferber yeah. tossed in Wicks. I mean, what maybe give me, uh, I don't know, does Billy Kim take like Brandon Armstrong? <laughs> Armstrong with the lefty? Yeah, as the two. Yeah. He also looks like the kind of guy that would like really make people mad in a pickup game. Like but he, he would just be like right, bodying so everybody. Shoots. He only throws a football left. He does everything else right. So I'm assuming he's a he's a he can't be a point guard because um, he's. Mm-hmm. I assume he plays basketball right handed. Yeah. Um, I don't want to leave out anybody that was like really good at basketball, and I'm sure there's some that we don't even know. Like in high school, we're good at basketball because most of the people that play football play other sports. So I'm trying not to like forget anyone. Um, is there anybody else you guys can think of? I mean, the only I'm, I'm trying, trying to think of who else has <laughs> basketball. Like somebody, you know, there's somebody out there who like got like some look from some D2s or something, and we're gonna be in some serious crap. Yeah, um, I mean, if you want like a like Trill a quick, Jana, I was gonna say you you kind of need like a quick guard. I was thinking like Billy Kemp. And I just said that. I said I bet you Kemp has some handles. Okay. Hey, Kemp yeah. looks like a kid who has handles. Um, Kemp. Uh, what about um, TK? I'm trying to think of who else can we can we uh, go back and and draft um, Juan Thornhill? Oh yeah, that would have been awesome. Oh, he was really yeah. good at basketball. Yeah, that'd been easy. I mean, my man was like a multi-year state champion in both sports. You know? Like, yeah. 
This is also the Drake London All Stars, the <laughs> guy that UVA recruited that <laughs> went to the USC All-Star. to play both sports. That's a good title. Didn't Drake's... Darius Bratton play basketball? He may have. Yeah, Drake London All Stars. Fleming. Yeah, that sounds about guard. right. All right. Well, then in that case, let's throw let's throw him on and let Juan Thornhill be our coach. Well, also, if we're taking guys from last year, I have to think that Perkins can play basketball. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. And if nothing, if nothing else, else, if nothing and else, and I'm putting Dubois in the floor. <laughs> Yeah. Rebound everything. <laughs> rebound everything. Yeah, just uh, lobs for days. That's a great question, though. Yeah, we probably yeah. need to like revisit this in the summer when we can go look at their like bios yeah, and right? see <laughs> what they did. Yeah. We should revisit that one next podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, like little little do we about. know. Little do we know Nash Griffin could end up being like you know like some amazing basketball player that we didn't know about or something. <laughs> he probably did run with Kyle Guy yeah. back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Should have. All right, next question. Um, Okay, so this is kind of a bigger one, I guess. Uh, since March 30th, I actually think it was, yeah, okay, was it the 31st? It doesn't really matter. Um, was the 11th anniversary of Tony Bennett's hiring? What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts at the time and expectations for the program? Did you think he would be as successful as he became? I would say no for the last part. <laughs> um, I think we pretty much all didn't think he'd be this successful. Um, nobody did. Uh, I think he did. Yeah, he did. Maybe Craig Littlepage. Um but I mean, like that—that's the hope. Right. I, I actually like—I'll start. Um, I feel like, and I've seen a lot of people say this on Twitter since, and I remember reading on like message boards at the time that like nobody seemed to know who he was, which like blew my mind because I guess maybe I just like follow other teams more than other people did, and I guess that makes sense because UVA was bad, so people probably weren't following the sport as closely then. But I mean, I knew who he was. I mean, he was the national coach of the year. I remember watching his teams play in the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, I, he had a, a couple of really good players there um, at Washington State. I remember watching their game against North Carolina in the tournament. And his, I knew his reputation was young, up-and-coming coach, really good defense. But I didn't know what the pack line was. I had no idea what the offense was going to be. Um, I didn't really know about his dad. Uh, but I knew that he was a qualified up-and-coming coach. I mean, you don't not a lot of national coaches of the year are available. So for that alone, I was pretty excited about it. My expectations were that they could maybe get to the tournament a little bit more consistently than they had at that point, which obviously they ended up doing. But I never in a million years would have guessed that they would have, you know, won multiple ACC tournaments and been the number one seed in, in a region, uh, what, four or five times now, it feels like, um, won a national championship. I mean, you could have maybe sold me on one or two of those things having happened, but I, there's no way I, I saw them being this good. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's a home run doesn't like do it justice. Yeah. All right, Dave, you go next. Cause I have a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, like as far as personal, like I, I knew who Tony Bennett was because of the, the run Washington state had to the, to the sweet 16 or beating Carolina, if I remember correctly that year. Um, but Walt, Walt kind of stays, Walt has a weird, like, life schedule so he's up late he watched a lot of pac 10 ball back in the day pac 12 now he knew tony and was super excited about the hire for me i wasn't anti i mean i wasn't excited about the hires i was honestly personally if they'd hired tubby at the time because you have to think about where our minds were as virginia fans at that point um i mean i kind of laugh like thinking about how i was upset that no one respected us back then because we occasionally won the ACC regular season title, occasionally made NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament. Should, should um, they have? Yeah, no, they shouldn't have. But 
being a fan back then, like you hated when you didn't get the calls, right? Or you, you yeah, felt like you I were think, just the afterthought. I think the so coaching for me, Tubby would have fixed like that. Big, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, I think for a lot of people, coaching hires, like, part of the reason they want to get the biggest guy, it's the same with recruiting, is because it legitimizes yeah. them. Exactly. Like, it's not so, just yeah, about think, the talent of the coach. Yeah. And, and for me, I think that's why initially I was upset it wasn't Tubby because I thought hiring Tubby was was a headline win, right? Like, oh my God, Virginia's got Tubby Smith. You know, he won a national title. Um, but after I, like, you know, after Tony was announced, I came around pretty quickly. Now, for me, kind of like Justin was saying, like, for, for me, the goal was when we were replacing <laughs> Coach Leto, it wasn't just, you know, reducing the amount of profanities on the sideline. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, competing for an NCAA tournament bid every year. Like that to me was success and occasionally making a run, you know, to the sweet 16 elite eight. And so Tony has blown it out of the water. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say like Tony was my first choice because where my mind was at that time, we needed a headline coach. Um, but if you go back, like the guys who knew basketball, that was a headline hire. Yeah, I remember like people give Dick Vitale a lot of crap, but I remember him being like, this is a great, great hire. Like, yeah, um, and there were some others out there that, that that said the same. I mean, you can go back and read like the the press release with like the quotes from different people around college basketball, and they were all glowing, you know, reviews of him. And that's what I mean. Like, I just, I, 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 I was willing to give it a shot. I mean, I, I wasn't. I'm not going to sit here and say like I knew he was going to be like an unparalleled success, but I knew that he was like, uh, I knew it was a good hire for UVA because I mean, he did at Washington State what UVA wasn't able to do with much better resources in a better league. So I felt pretty good about the fact that it would work out. I just didn't know. I mean, I didn't think. Nobody really thinks it would work out like this. Yeah. Especially, you know, because essentially, look, what Tony does is scheme over talent. No offense, because he's gotten more. The talent's gotten better, but it's it's the scheme. Um, and if you look at any other program in the ACC or even in any other Power Five conference, short of maybe like, you know, the running Rebels or uh, Arkansas back in the day, like very, very seldom the scheme went out over talent in a major conference. And Tony's done that. At a time when the ACC has more basketball talent, you know, as far as teams than they've ever had, I don't know about individuals. Um, and coaching so, yeah. talent. Yeah, coaching talent for sure. All right, Brad, what's your story? <laughs> so I, it's, it, there's this part of Forrest Gump, right, where he's like, it's, it's kind of funny what a young man recollects. He's like, and I can't remember this and I can't, but I remember the first time that, I, all right, I don't remember like I don't I could think about it and figure out like what where I was in the world like what job I had I believe that at that point I know I was in a newspaper I just don't know which one and I th- I'm pretty sure I was on the message board at that point but obviously not affiliated with it and I remember everybody was talking tubby everybody was talking you know this or that and then the word began to break right now I think I've mentioned it before, but like I grew up going to UVA games. My my one of my dad's best friends, um, who's not tech, I guess he's I don't know if he's technically my godfather. I don't know if it was like a christening situation or whatnot, but but he's always kind of referred to as my godfather. He was always the one who drove us to to Charlottesville. He was the, he went to UVA. Um, really good seats. Um, nobody cares about UVA or hates tech more than that man does. Anyway, so he calls me. And I didn't, I don't, I don't even remember what crappy cell phone I had at the time, but he calls me and he leaves me a message. All right. And 
this is the entirety of the te- of, excuse me the voicemail all right and i'm going to i'm going to bleep it because you know this is a family show but all he said was tony fn bennett and he hung up that was it and let me tell you what every step of this journey that virginia basketball has been on since that day 11 years ago um I mean, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. But every time something happens, Jimmy Everett will text me that Tony F and Bennett, and he just and every and whenever I see him, he you know he come to a game and I go over and, and speak, and he just Tony F and Bennett and just shake his head smiling, that like it was so out of the left field, and yet look at just how perfect it's been. Um, I think that's what got people was that it was out of left field. Yeah, and I mean, and, like the Bronco, hire. the Bronco. I was going to say the, the the two hires are very very reminiscent, right? Um, you know, you had, I mean, sort of. You know, Tony was a was a young up and comer um, coming from another coast. Bronco, not necessarily a young up and comer, but he was you know kind of stepping out in a way, right? Because he was sort of leaving, you know, whereas Tony was leaving where his dad had been. Bronco was leaving where he had had so much success and kind of was insulated a little bit in terms of the. Um, the BYU Mormon community and things like, I mean, you know, you, 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 you could probably find, I mean, what, you know, Duke hire Mike you know, but try to find me a hire that's better. Um, I mean, credit to the operation, you know, little page and company nailed it. Um, Tony F and Bennett. Um, I would make that the title of the episode, but I don't know. Some people would get mad at me. <laughs> um, what's the, what's the next question? All right, so now we're going to Twitter questions. Hot take. Going to a hot take first. Hot take. Uh, Jabri Abdul-Rahim will get his number retired. Progression from ACC Rookie of the Year to First Team ACC as a second year to First Team All-American as a third year. And that is assume, a take. Are they assuming then that, that after that he goes pro? Because here's the yeah, problem. I guess, like, I guess once, he, once he's the greatest player in college basketball, he goes pro. <laughs> I will say that's, that is an interesting hot take. I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if I would say it's hot. I think it's pretty warm because um, he didn't say he was like going to break Samson's uh, block record. Yeah, I mean, you know? I think what he's, what he's suggesting is certainly unlikely uh, just because it's mathematically unlikely, but he has the talent to do those well, things. Well, that's the thing, like, right, is that like the kid is super talented. I think because of the situation on the ground, right, that he's coming in off of surgery, having missed so much time, there is obviously, you know, a pandemic on right now. And so the fact is that I don't think these guys are going to get nearly the sort of summer um, – you know, the spring work that they normally get into the summer enrollment, um, if they even are able to enroll in the summer. Um, but that being said, I think it's fair to, you know, we had a story up on the site today, the 10, you know, freshmen in the country who are going to have, you know, a lot of expectations on them. How many times this season, I mean, whether I'm on this show or various radio programs, have I said something along the lines of, you know, if Jabri had been available to come this year, you know, Virginia's a markedly different team. Like, he would yeah. have been exactly what, uh, you know, what could fix them in a lot of ways. Um, that being said, next year's team's different, you know, and not to say that he won't be good because of the injury or the surgery or the pandemic or what, but I mean, it's a lot to, this. Exp- that's a lot to put on a kid's shoulders. Um, that being said, if he's that good that early, he probably is not going to stick three years. I mean, you're talking about, yeah, I think that's your problem with this is yeah. like, if he's getting his number retired, which in itself is very rare. Um, like, that means that he stayed long enough to do that. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon was EBA for five years. Um, then to get it, I mean, obviously he didn't play one of them, but you know, it, it, it's hard to get your number retired at UVA or anywhere. Um, Dave, <laughs> I 
Hot yeah, take? I mean, warm, look, lukewarm take? Uh, that's definitely a hot take. Um, just because it's hard to believe that, like, I think Raheem's a super talented kid and uh, plays a position where you can get seen easy in, in today's game. But if you look at the team he's playing on next year, it, it's hard to believe he's going to outscore Hauser, um, which maybe doesn't mean he can't be the rookie of the year, but someone on Duke is going to be, you know, look, points matter. So someone on some rookie on Duke is going to score more next year. Or Carolina. Um, and what do you always say player. about freshman under Bennett? You know, yeah, I mean, like, no one scores double digits. You know, it, if you, if he does that, like if you're a smart voter and a freshman like Raheem comes in and he averages double digits, like that is a extraordinary thing. Um, but it's not going to get him, you know, rookie of the year, unfortunately, because there's a lot of good rookies coming in the ACC next year. Uh, but I do believe second year he could be first team all ACC, no doubt. Um, I mean, DeAndre Hunter freaking redshirted. If I don't know if people remember that, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's so. I mean, it's just different. Like, I don't know about his number retiring because honestly, don't you have to graduate UVA for them to retire your number? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So I don't. And I'm assuming he didn't take that into consideration. Uh, but I mean, uh, he could be. Look, the kid is super gifted, and he plays the probably the most. I mean, it's so weird. Like, I mean, point guard is so so important, but to me, like the three is probably the most important position in the game today, because um, so much of the, is expected of that guy. He needs to play in the post, play the outside, defend one one to four. Um, if you're a good three, like you're going to get seen. So it wouldn't shock me to see the second, third year stuff, but that the rookie of the year would be the only thing I would disagree with. It's like it's like that the the triple is the the hardest part of the cycle, right? Like. Being the rookie of the year yeah. would be tough. I will say this, though. That kid is a walking bucket. I mean, <laughs> I've said it before. He, the dude does not need any help to get to any spot he wants to get to. And I have seen him play against the best of the best, and he is just that dude. Um, you know, he's he's not a guy who's, who you're going to probably bring off a lot of screens and hit jumpers, but he's a dude who you just give him the rock. And there will be no doubt in the last 10, 11 seconds of the clock who you want to get the ball to. Um, cause he, like I said, he doesn't need any help and, and the defense will crash on him cause they'll have to, he's just, he's crafty. He's, he, I, I think he's got a, a really good, you know, skill set for that. And he's, and he's, he is probably as confident a player as Virginia has ever recruited. Um, you know, I used to have these conversations with different folks and just, you know, Virginia needed some dogs, right? Like just needed guys who didn't, not necessarily that they were, weren't nice, but that they, they weren't nice all the time. Right. Jabri is the kind of kid who he, he's always going to be he, – he, he has that kind of inner Ty Jerome in him a little bit um, where he'll bet on himself every time, and that's going to be a good thing for this team um, going forward. So, I, look, I don't want to say that he can't do it. I just think that it's fair to say that it's unlikely given, you know, the amount of um, – you know, from a statistics point of view, like what you would need to do in order to, to basically win that award in this league. Um, but that being said, he, he's going to play, he's going to be, he's going to be really good. No doubt about that. All right. What's our next question? All right. So I, just to follow up on that one, we got another one about, uh, retired numbers, jerseys, which Bennett era players will get their jerseys or numbers retired. I feel pretty good about Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I think that one's already done. (laughs) Um, He's already there. Uh, besides that, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody that has come through so far, will have their number or jersey retired. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I don't know how you could do 
Like, how would you? I mean, you can't really do Joe Harris. He already had his number given to another player. (laughs) Right, and then too, like maybe you could make an argument that Kyle Guy was the most outstanding player of a Final Four. Um, which has that ever been done? You know, like because at Carolina, mm-hmm. isn't there like a certain criteria, like in order to have your your jersey? Retired, you had to be like an All American or something. This and, that. Um, and then to have your your actual number retired is is obviously a very different sort of thing. I mean, I don't know how you would differentiate between the three. You know, and they are other it's than tough Brogdon. too because it's like they they did Brogdon before those other things happened, right? So, like, if you look at them side by side, it's like, well, this seems just as just as good as what Brogdon did in his career. I mean, he won ACC Player of the well, Year. I was going to say, he won ACC Player and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. And he was an All-American, right? right? Like, wasn't he that season? Like, I mean... Yeah, and I think... And he was, like, a multi-time ACC All-ACC all Player, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think yeah. he was All-ACC, like, multiple times. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like, not trying to diminish what he did, but if you look at what Kyle Guy did, I mean, you could say, like, okay, he had almost as good of a career plus winning a national title. Um, ACC uh, tournament MVP, um, most outstanding player in the Final Four. Like, but, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I would bet against it. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. it's like, then you all, then you also have to split those three I was guys. Say, how do you, you, you know, you can't split those three. You just can't. Because I think Ty Jerome, what he did in his career is like just as good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then Dre was a, you know, you know, he was in, it was one season, um, basically where he was like, you know, uh, a top NBA, whatever, whatever. His, his, his first year before he broke his hand, I mean, everybody knew he had that potential. He played that way for a lot of the season, but he still it wasn't like he was, you know, blowing people up. You know what I'm saying? Like there were still ebbs and flows to his 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 season. So I I don't know, man. I uh I got a hard time seeing it. All right. Yeah, I, I would say Colin and Ty were probably the most likely of that three, um, just because they had more more than two years doing it. I think the guy on the roster right now is Kihei Clark. Like I could see his number getting retired eventually. If you just look at where his career is projected with two years left and yeah. the talent coming in around him. Um, I mean, I could see it maybe if they won like three national titles or something like in his career. Um, yeah. I don't I mean, know. I think his if numbers, he just makes a run of the final four again. Be, yeah. I don't think his numbers are going to be good enough. Like, I mean, other than wins, you know, I mean, other than assists. Like, yeah. I mean, that's true. Dude had, like, yeah, I mean, his assists this year are really good. He's always going to have that Purdue play. You can't take that away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think if you if you had to say if there's a guy on the roster right now whose number would be retired, who is it? That's I'm picking Kihei. Yeah, um, I think that's a fair – that's fair, yeah. I think. Because then you could say maybe what if he, like, over the next two years turns into, like, a very good offensive player. Like, yeah. and becomes, you know, like a – I don't know what a great comparison would be. Uh, like, you know, one of these guys around the country, like a Scotty Reynolds at Villanova, who's like a small guard who just scores like a ton of points. Um, well, if you look at the roster next year, even like he's going to get a lot of open looks next year. <laughs> so yeah. if he can shoot 35, 40 percent from three, he's his scoring is going to come up and he's always going to get assists. Like if he can get the turnover numbers down, like I, I could see it just from a, you know, one the national title of your first year, second year, who knows where you're going to go. Um, cause the team was, you know, rolling at the end. And then he's got two more, like he's, he's probably not leaving after his junior year for the pros. So he's got two more years to put up numbers uh, yeah. with some really, really, really good talent around him. I would say this, if you include this class of freshmen coming in, if you want to look for the next guy to get one, I would pick somebody from that group. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Because you're going to have, like, Jabri, who's super, super talented. Maybe he sticks around long enough to have that happen. Reese Beekman is, like, a really, really good player. Um, yeah, I feel like he's and, the guy and, we don't talk enough about. Yeah, and could have, like, a very good career at UVA. Um, and then you have uh, McCorkle, who's probably a four-year guy. Um, you know, maybe he becomes just, like, a, um, you know, I don't want to say a Kyle guy, but, you know, some something like that where he just becomes, he's like, real. a prolific scorer. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, that's cool. We'll go to the next one. Um, this is a this is one that we probably don't have a lot to say about, but uh, the NCAA is discussing giving seniors an extra year of eligibility for winter sports. I'm not sure if they've come back with a decision on that. I feel like they didn't. Um, should they do it, and which UVA basketball players should come back if they do? Yeah, uh, my, my take on this is no, I don't think they should do it, and I don't think anybody should come back. So they've said that the spring sports get a year and the winter sports don't. Correct. And I think the, uh, the friend of the program, Caroline Darney, convinced me that winter sport uh, extra eligibility doesn't really work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, and I think she's right. At first, I was like, oh, just don't count them against the scholarship. The only, the only thing that would work, the only option that would work would be to say to for seniors, to give seniors the option to come back. Um, if Yeah, because then you can't give everybody. You can't give everybody. Right. You. At the end of, and if, the, if the season got canceled before right, the season, exactly. then that's exactly. different. Or you're like you know, two games into it. But no, I, no that's the unfor- it's, it's just an unfortunate timing and situation. But – that it's it that that one's I think that's a non-starter. Yeah, there's just too many very. I mean, like, uh, so what's a team that like Clemson season didn't end right because they were going to play Florida State when the tournament got canceled? Did those guys get an extra year because they weren't going anywhere? Like, <laughs> they weren't going to the postseason exactly unless just because, you won the right. ACC tournament. Exactly. Yeah, you just can't do it. Uh, like I said, you theoretically you could get North seniors. Carolina's players don't because they lost the day earlier. <laughs> like, like that's weird, you know. Yeah true yeah so i don't think that works and honestly even if it did i think that uh Mamadi for sure would be gone i think it's time for him to move on he obviously considered it last offseason and, and braxton i think too um i think both of those guys could definitely help them next year but i don't really think yeah I mean, for their best interest is probably better for them to yeah. try to pr- pursue professional basketball they're both getting older too so yeah for sure and that takes us to the next question actually um do you think Bryce Perkins will be drafted? Why is he not on any seven round mock drafts? Does the lack of pro day hurt his chances to get drafted? And then the second part of the question is, uh, where do you think Mamadi Diakite will get drafted? If at all, uh, would he have to have good combine, a good combine performance to get drafted? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, Bryce Perkins. I think it's probably like under 50%. Why is he not in any mock drafts? The lack of pro day. Yeah, the lack of pro day probably doesn't help. Here's the thing. Um, There are a lot of college football players who are very, very good at college football but aren't necessarily great pro prospects at the position that they play. Bryce Perkins, I wouldn't necessarily say can't play quarterback in the NFL, but if I was betting money, I would say that he does not become an NFL starting quarterback. And the reason I say that is, honestly, it's just arm strength. Um he has a decent arm, but you don't see like, I mean, there's been guys that have come through Scott stadium where you see them throw the ball and you see it, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, the ball just fires out of their hand and they can throw deep. And I think that he did a lot of things really, really well at UVA. Um, I could see him playing in the NFL at another position. And I know that's a cliche and people, 
you know, have their issues with that. And in some cases I agree with them. In this case, I actually think it might work. Um, he's a great athlete. He's tough. He's durable. Um, I think if you can get him the ball in space, he could maybe do some stuff. I just don't see him as a quarterback. And I think that pro evaluators agree, uh, with the I I don't know. Um, he's the one thing that's working against him is he's getting older. I think he's like 23. Um, so, I mean, that doesn't help. Uh, I think he will have a long pro career somewhere. I don't know if it'll be in the NBA. I don't know if he'll get drafted. Obviously, last year, his opportunity to get drafted was not where he wanted it to be because he came back to school. I don't. He might have gotten drafted last year, but I think it was probably like a 25% chance. Um, I think this year he might have a little better chance because I think he had a decent senior year, and this draft class just isn't very good. Um, but... It doesn't, you know. I think he'll he'll he could get on a roster or in the summer league or something, um, but I think he'll have a long career. I but as far as getting drafted, I'm not sure. Yeah, I would. I mean, look, I think Bryce deserves a chance to play in the league. I think getting drafted is a different sort of animal. I do think that in Bronco tried to make the case that like your your body of work uh, is essentially your pro day, um, and it should be. My problem with that is is that this is a kid who's coming off of a neck injury and he played two seasons at the power five level right like for all intents and purposes like i think i think teams would want to see more um and he would have shined in had he gone to the combine or had he had either of the pro days that he was looking to to participate in i don't think he he probably won't get drafted um is my is my guess on it but i do think he'll play in the league and i do think he'll play at quarterback um i i think the kid um he will just take it as another um you know another reason to to work harder um and i do think that the league is starting to not necessarily just go to guys who can extend plays with their feet but more of do stuff off script um and he's pretty good at that um his problem of course as he gets to the next level is that his greatest asset his escapability will be significantly impacted because the talent level that he will play every snap is dramatically better um and you sometimes just can't run around people um that being said i think that Arm strength, to, to Ferber's point, I think he's got a good arm. I think he's got a good enough arm. It's certainly not like, you know, he's not like, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence out there. But he's, but I do think that he'll, he'll work his way, find a spot, um, and catch on. D- Mamadi's an interesting one because of his age, like Ferber mentioned. I don't think he gets drafted because there's only two rounds. I do think he'll play professionally, and I do think he'll play in the NBA. Uh, I just don't think that given where he is right now, um, at least, I mean, because I think in, in his position, you got to handle a little bit more um, in order to really lock that in. Um, you know, if you're going to be a finesse big, you got to be able to shoot it and you got to be able to handle it. And I think he, he he can do one of those. He hadn't really shown the other. And so I think that's, that's going to limit him somewhat. And we don't know what the situation is going into that draft either, right? Like whether they'll have workouts or whatnot his I guess it's a benefit to him that he went through the process last year so a lot of teams got to see him up close and he did go basically through the entire thing I mean he didn't he didn't announce that he was coming back until the 11th hour but my guess is is he he doesn't get drafted but he does land on a team uh in the next couple years what do you say Dave yeah I mean as far as Bryce Perkins um I don't know if the the you know, what's happened the last month or so helps him or hurts him. Um, But I do know when you talk about the NFL, you talk about a league that, like, Bryce is a dual threat. What what makes him what he is is the dual threat. 
But if you look in the history of the NFL, like guys who have been uberly successful as a dual threat quarterback are pretty limited. Um, if you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman, he wasn't drafted super high. And many people in his own organization thought he shouldn't start as quarterback. Um, so that that makes it hard for a guy like Bryce. So uh, I will say he probably won't get drafted this year just because, look, there's going to be some uncertainty from the teams, whether they actually have this, you know, whether the season will be normal next year. Um, I don't know if that changes what would have happened otherwise, but the guys who've done their homework on Bryce who are interested in him can probably get him as a free agent, and it's a lot easier that way. I do think he makes a roster because he's a he's an uber athlete, and even if he's a package quarterback, you know, two-point conversion or short yardage, I think he eventually ends up making a roster, um, but I don't think he gets drafted, and that's no slight on him as a college player. Just the NFL is a different game. Um, and then as far as Mamadi, like, you know, he went through the process last year and, you know, didn't get enough feedback to make him stay in the draft and he came back. And even though his numbers improved this year, I don't think, like, I mean, I think you guys both hit it. Like, in the NBA, you if you can't handle the ball in the NBA, you have to be absolutely dominant, you know, off the ball. And, and, and Mamadi shows glimpses, but he's not dominant. So if he gets drafted, it's probably the last few picks in the, in the second round. Um, I do think he plays professionally with his, you know, his, you know, uh, international background. Like he could be a guy who plays in Europe or, or somewhere else for many, many years. I don't know that he ever makes the NBA. Um, doesn't change how much I <laughs> like him as a player and you know, being a part of, a, of what Virginia did. But yeah, I just don't know that his, he's got, pieces right he's got flashes i just don't know if there's anything that's elite enough to be the nba and the nba is an elite league oh yeah that's right i'm in charge um <laughs> wake up man <laughs> this is a quick one did uh did uva basketball or did uva winning the basketball national title went kill sports for good <laughs> Evidently, I think it was. I think it was Dave. <laughs> the the jury is out. It was Dave's fault because Dave was like, "No, they're not, not going to play." UVA we were like, "Yes, they are." You you can't just say UVA basketball. UVA football won the freaking Coastal, went to ACC championship game, and the Orange Bowl. Yeah, like yeah. that all happened. In it's a like year. they turned Rule Two B around and, and applied it to everything else. Yeah, Rule Two B became Rule Two Capital B. <laughs> yeah, too real, too real to quit. Um, all right, what it else? Became Rule C O V I D. Yeah, yeah, COVID. Uh, is that is that off color? No, it, it wasn't, wasn't off color. It just wasn't funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's <laughs> hey, that's that's more like it. There you go. That's rule C. There you that's go. I, I blame the Astros personally for killing sports. Yeah, yeah they kind of did. No, the only organization happy about what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somehow they'll just be the winners in this. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, debate the best Bodos orders and rank the Bodos locations. Best Bodos. Um, best location I will handle best order. That's a complete, like, there's so many different opinions on that. I keep it pretty simple. Um, I, I, the one on the corner is the one that I went to the most. I used to work on right there on the corner. Um, that's probably my favorite one just because that's the one I went to the most, but obviously there are other ones that are probably easier to get in and out of and so on and so forth. And now they're doing drive through stuff. So I'm sure that changes everything Did you guys have a, want to weigh in on that? Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get 
I already lost my first round matchup um, in the in the UVA Twitter. Thank God, because this would have sealed. You don't it. like Bodos. I'm not a big bagel guy. Like yeah. like Bodos are good bagels, but I'm not making a special trip to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you said you got to go get a bagel, I'd go to Bodos. But honestly, the biggest bagels. deterrent for me is every time I would go, or a lot of times it would just be so busy. Like you're just yeah. like, all right, I'm not gonna wait for a bagel. Um, so I do like bagels. Uh, I do like Bodos. Uh, location, uh, you know. Whichever one is the least busy, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna um, take the uh, 29 location because that's the only one I go to. Dave doesn't like, or uh, Brad doesn't like any food, so uh, he probably doesn't. Have a <laughs> no, actually, you know, it's funny. He's like, Dave Brad, like, I'm gonna go get a hot dog. Listen, listen, listen. Appreciate you letting me fall on the sword as a guy who doesn't really care. Appreciate it. No, There's I, like a lot of. I listen, mean, this, I'm still this, alive in that in that thing. I can't I can't be like speaking blasphemy out here. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Well, also like this whole coronavirus situation has produced some of the i don't want to say lazy content but it's so many like rank the restaurants or bracket the restaurants or you know things like that there's just so much of that out there and you know that it has driven out a lot of people's takes um you got my santeria and doors takes last week and i'm sure there'll be more to come all right, so on to the next thing, I guess. Hot take, Christian Olsen was the best that never was. That is a very hot take. <laughs> That's um, That we is got scalding. to see him play, I believe, against Pittsburgh, and it was very bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Greg Olsen is probably the best that was because he's still in the NFL. Um, if only UVA had been able to swing both of them. Yeah. Um, Christian Olsen, I had high hopes because I was like, oh, UVA got to play from Notre Dame? Like, he's got to be good. That was back when we thought Notre Dame was like, you know, had all the best players in right, the country. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a. Still, I'll just say that's a hot take. I still say Philip that, Sims. Philip Phil, Sims. Yeah, Dave's gonna say Philip Sims. I'm gonna say Vic Hall. <laughs> I mean, for me, dude, imagine. I guess Vic, yeah, that Vic Hall actually was the best that never was because we never got to see him yeah, play except that one game. Right? One magical afternoon. One in magical afternoon that still didn't pay off. Um, <laughs> No, but I, here's here's your here's a fun what if what what if you had Vic Hall in in Virginia's current offense? Well, Vic Hall in this current era of football is right? like a different. In, yeah, right, exactly. But in this specific Virginia offense, oh my God, you would you would basically, I mean, again, you you need to be able to do a handful of things in order to to really make it work. Um, I, I don't know if Vic was was the best passer, but that dude could move. Um, I have no doubt that he would have been a lot, a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah, that's a that's a hot take. Whoever had that, congratulations to you. That's that's impressive. That's very I mean, good. I'm not, look, I'm not going to act like I didn't think Christian Olsen wasn't excited when Christian Olsen you know, committed to Virginia. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, we're, now we got a quarterback. But that was a case for what felt like 20 years of Lucy pulling the football. So, Yep, there you go. All right. Uh, our friend Kyle, who is on Twitter, but he did not send this to me on Twitter. Uh, he said, if football season is canceled, does Virginia Tech permanently close its doors as an institution? Uh, <laughs> I, I doubt it, um, but you never know. Uh, he also asked a question that I think we've answered on this show before. Which loss was worse, uh, UMBC or Syracuse? I, I, am pro, I am in the Syracuse camp. Uh, that one definitely Same. stung worse. Uh, I think the UMBC thing was just too surreal to really be as deep of a wound, if that makes any sense. Y'all, I... Yeah. Brad was there, so there's like a different, you know, 
y'all, listen, y'all have said that before, and I'm not trying to say that anybody who feels that way, but I, mm, I, I will, I will vehemently disagree. I, I mean, dude, that UMBC loss. I, and then I got to my hotel that night in Charlotte, and they like they they didn't they like didn't have my room, and it was two something in the morning, right? And my entire website is literally in shambles. Um, that is literally that is the closest I've ever gotten to being like, can I just call somebody at Rivals and be like, hey, can you just like take my message board down for a little while? Just you know, give it give it a little while <laughs> to just breathe. You know, throw that under construction like thing on the on the front page. No, I mean it was legit. The Richmond football game with Broncos opener is probably in the realm. Uh, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. That, UMBC will always be for me the the worst loss. By far, and I mean, listen. It, I yeah. think that we all, we all have, we're all human, and so the fact that they won a national championship thereafter takes a lot of it out, dude. I can, I remember how I felt. I'm standing. I remember. I'm. I can see the. In, I can see the the lobby of this hotel, right? And I remember they had these cookies, and I'm sure had been there from like, you know, the afternoon, right? And they had like lemonade out, right? And I remember just feeling completely devoid of like any semblance of positivity right they're like uh i'm I'm sorry we need to contact such and such and such and i'm like oh my god like literally all i want to do is just not be around anyone you know and i'm standing at the desk well you got your wish yeah i did right (laughs) a couple years later a couple years later um but yeah i will i will definitely go with umbc 100 okay yeah well well well, i'll still stick by syracuse because that is just how close you were to the Syracuse one was bad idea. because it was like you were starting to plan the trip to the Final Four. Like, yeah, but honestly, if I had to go back and relive either one, I'd choose Syracuse over UMBC. But I still feel like Syracuse hurt me more. Yeah, but, I mean, I think Brad's probably right. It's if we had to come back the next year and and made the Final Four, probably Syracuse wouldn't bother me. But the Syracuse loss lingered for a few years. You know? Yeah, the the UMBC loss was kind of painful because everybody I was with. I was nobody else was really obviously nobody else was a pro like a UVA fan that I was with. So they were all rooting for UMBC openly to my face. So like that kind of hurt. But I also empathize with that because I'm yeah. like, I, I would be doing the same thing if it was any other team. Like you're not doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I get it. I just wish and you guys could have been in the building, man. I wish oh, you no, could have no, felt I it. No, oh, I don't want God. to be in the building. I was oh. in the house where I didn't even I go was, like I, I watched it drunk by the end of that game. We'll yeah. say that. I, I, I watch all big Virginia games in my basement in the sports room. Like that game hurt so much. I didn't even go upstairs to go to bed. I just climbed into the guest room and, and just passed out and like in the fetal position. Like it was a bad feeling. And Syracuse well, wasn't was, much it was different. like the end of the date. It was like a nine. It was the last game. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and that was back when, you know, sporting goes business is rolling. So I had to be up next morning because the next morning was Saturday, if I remember correctly. We yeah, played Friday night, it was, right? So. It was pretty bad. I mean, it was bad. It was just one of those things where it was like, once it, the funny thing was, I was the first person to realize what was happening. Like, everybody else in the room was like, they're not going to lose. And I was like, they are <laughs> losing this game because I had seen every other game. Yeah. And, I, and they hadn't, you know, they hadn't had a moment like that in the entire season where it was like they looked like they did. I was like, nope, this is an outlier. Like, they're not coming back from this. But um, I'll say it. I'm sure I said it when we talked about you know, the podcast after that game, like the way Tony handled it made it easier for me. Um, and, you know, I was just like, you can't be not proud of the way your coach handled that situation. So I even though you, you didn't want to see anyone who was an opponent or a rival fan, it still made you feel like, yeah, we got the right guy. 
Uh, I remember doing the podcast a few days later, and the only saving grace was that I was like, I think the next year's team is going to be very good. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, you know, maybe they get a chance. I didn't necessarily think they were going to win national title. They were decent. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. But let's get off. Let's get off UMBC. Um, yeah. Friend of the show, Brian. That's asked, what she said. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have acknowledged that. Um, you guys didn't laugh at my joke. No. So a uh, friend of the show, Brian, asked which uh, which former UVA or which current UVA player in the NBA will have the longest career in the NBA. I'm assuming that is not from now, just in general. Uh, Joe Harris obviously has a nice lead on everybody. Uh, or I guess Mike Scott does. Um, um, it'll, I think it'll still be Brogdon. I'll say Brogdon, yeah. I mean, he's a, he came into the league a little older than everybody else, but I think he's going to play for until he's going to be like an Andre Miller type playing. He's going to be you know, somebody's his, player coach. Watch. There you go. Wait, are, are we talking like from now forward or total? No, I think they just mean. I think he just means like the number current the current UVA alums in the league. And how many years I'm they gonna, play? Uh, Who's going to end up playing yeah. the most years? I'll yeah. take Joe Harris. Yeah, like I mean, I think Malcolm is probably skin. this. I, I just worry about Malcolm's health, and Malcolm's such a guy who's so focused off the court. That's like, fair. He's That's got a, a couple point. big contracts. He might, you know, if he if he gets nicked up in four years from now, he might hang him up. And I could see Joe playing until he's forty five. Well, also Joe has one special <laughs> skill, like JJ yeah, Redding, which doesn't change, right? Which like, you sure. can just keep doing. So that's a yeah. good point. All right, what's next? Uh, would UVA's 2019 be able to beat any of Ralph's teams playing oh, under the wow. rules? Under I think definitely. Rules? I would say yeah. Um, I think the, the players rules? are. Be- I think the players are better now. So, I think that. Yeah. I think if you just squared them up and UVA and like let's say Tony Bennett was coaching the team, I think UVA. Not what is it like this? I, we saw Virginia play a team who had literally a kid with a flamethrower attached to his arm. Right, that any three point shot he wanted, he he could hit. He was like a cheat code. I mean, he really was. I mean, somebody got gone and 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 essentially uh, rigged the game, and they still won that game. No, I look. I think the thing that, the thing that you have to think is like if you take one of those Ralph teams, would he score fifty? Probably, but but how much of yeah, what Virginia see, did last like, year did they need to do around the rim? Like you could have you you could have essentially taken him defensively, uh, and and I don't want to say like neutralize it but you wouldn't have needed to be you know and and you probably could have run some stuff to get him away from the basket unless that virginia team just going to go zone um and it was yeah i mean i don't know i I don't know enough about the guys around him to be honest with you but i'm just assuming they would not be as good as the three guys that got drafted (laughs) in the nba this year and then also they didn't have a three-point shot so you can't you can't you you can't say they wouldn't be as good of a shooter and the line was shorter last year um but yeah, I would still take the 2019 team because you have three dudes who could shoot over, well over 35% from three. And Ralph, in his best season, probably shot in the mid-60s from two. Yeah. Um, well, and here's the other thing, too. What about Ralph? And you had Jack Saad, who could just pound on him. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like, he was tall, and he's athletic as hell, right? But Jack yeah. would have, you know, he would have earned some stuff. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. And I, all of you grabbing your pitchforks to come after us because we dared – you know, impugn the name of. I'm not trying to say that he's not still the greatest Wahoo of all time. Calm yeah, down. nobody did. Nobody said. But, but like, think about think about what what the pack line would look like when you're playing somebody like that. Like we've seen Virginia play a lot of really good guards lately. We have not seen the the this the the pack line as it's currently you know built playing a dominant 
you know, ball heavy. That's a good question. Big, you know what who, I mean? Who is the who's the best big that Tony's faced at Virginia? Faced? Yeah. Um, it's got to be a Duke player, so Marvin maybe, Bagley. Maybe, yeah, Bagley. Bagley. He had a great Bagley game against him. UVA. He hurt him, yeah. but he didn't. He didn't score forty. But he didn't. No, he didn't. And, and he, he got exposed on the defensive. And I, also to all of you about defense. grabbing your pitchforks, we don't. We're not comparing Bagley specifically <laughs> to Samson. Like, calm down. Like, no, we're okay. just trying. No, we're trying to no, get our, like our there, frame of there reference. There isn't a big like Samson because there probably hasn't been since Samson. I mean, Hakeem uh, after him, but like bigs, they bigs don't play that way anymore. Like you got you got the Joker, Honestly, you got dudes like that or seven foot tall shooting threes now. I was thinking about this, but I was like, if Ralph Samson was like, let's say he was eighteen years old now, I was literally having that exact same thought. Would he be he like shoot. Giannis? Yeah, yeah, he would. He probably uh, would be. Yeah, he would be. More he probably Giannis, would be. Yeah. Because Ralph could shoot, and if you go back and watch, if you weren't lucky enough to watch him when he was playing, like Ralph could shoot, you know, twenty footer. It's just when it counts the same. Why would you? Why would you? Right? Um, yeah. So and when you're seven foot four, why would you? Right, I think <laughs> and he we, could handle it. I think we no, need to grab. Yeah, there's we plenty need to, of clips of Ralph running full court. We need like to grab the. Uh, we need to grab the entire 2019 roster, hop in a DeLorean. And go settle this, because actually now I'm like really curious of like how that would look. I I'm just I just want to see Ralph against the pack line. What's what's that? I post, will tell you. What's that I post track I just look feel like? like? I feel like DeAndre Hunter would be destroying everybody. Like I, I will tell you. No offense to uh, no offense to Jack Salt, but if you replace him with Ralph on the 2019 team, they are better. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> you take Ralph Zenz and put him on the 2019 team. That's who we want to we want facing the aliens. You know? Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ferber, give us two more questions. Hey, Clark and Ralph Samson. Well, that was the other thing. I, the other thing I was thinking about, which I felt kind of bad about making a joke about, but like imagine like Kihei driving in, Ralph is under there. Oh man. Okay, give me two more questions, and we'll we'll. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll we're pretty much at the end. Okay, um, give me two more. If we have. Okay. To. Hot take: 2016-17 was UVA's most talented basketball roster of all time. Oh my goodness, most talented. Yeah. That's a tough. He one. also gave me. The, he also gave me the roster, which is very helpful. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with the it, answer is no. Let me, let me explain. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> so, so here's here's the roster. I love right. That. I think just scholarship no. players: London Perantes, okay. Devin Hall, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Mariel Shayak, Darius Thompson, Austin Nichols, which I think is a dubious inclusion, um, Isaiah Wilkins, Mamadi Diakite, Jack uh, Salt, Jay Huff, and Jared Reuter. Um, right, here's the, why I a, disagree. This was Those the 2017 or 2018. Players. Yeah. Which team is this again? This is the 2017 2016. team. 2016. Yeah, 2016. 2016-17. Yeah. So they lost in the second round to Florida. Um, the answer is 2013-14. Interesting. Look at that roster real quick. Can you pull it up? Brogdon Harris, uh, Justin Anderson, Anthony Gill, Mike Toby, Darion Atkins, Akil Mitchell, London Prontes. All right, here's my problem with that team. Like Tevin Jones. Tevin Jones, Evan Nolte, <laughs> Thomas Rogers, Rob Zinelik, or as we call him, Vazi. Um that's an old school Mike Lennon joke for all y'all who've been around. My problem with the 2016-17 team, it might be the most talented if you took all those players at their, at their peak. peak. Right, exactly. But like mm-hmm. Ty exactly. and Kyle Guy were like, I don't want to say they were projects, but like they weren't what they ended up being. Um, and DeAndre Hunter wasn't playing, and Jay Huff wasn't playing, and, uh, and Jared Reuter yeah. was not playing. <laughs> like, and Austin Nichols wasn't really on that team. So can we just talk real I mean, quick like, about the 2019 team though? Like, if you're gonna play that game. Right, you oh, that's a really good team. You know, that's a really good team. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if y'all know this, but they won a national title. Just saying. Um, 
Actually, Dave's case for the 2013-14 team is pretty you know, good. Under, it's pretty solid. Amateurs good because you have like a young Devin Hall, young London Perantes. Not to mention um, you get Darion and Akil and AG, and you got Mike Toby. That's a good group. That's really good. And there's a Joe. There's some guy named Joe on that team. Yeah. Um, like I have that poster in my sports room because it, you know, it's all signed by them before they won the ACs tournament. And like, there's like eight guys who played in the league on that poster. Um, I mean, that's a so really which, good team. Okay, so which team would you take straight up? 2013-14 versus 2018-19. Oh, I, I'd probably take 2018-19 because we saw what they did against very good teams in yeah. big moments. Um, yeah, yeah, see, I think that team is slightly more talented than the 13-14. Actually, yeah, but I think – but Tony only plays seven guys. was so good. Like, yeah. Th- though that team was good. I mean, that team had a lot of good players. I just feel like what they had in 2018-19 was like a very, very talented group. Like, um, I mean, the big three especially. Like, I don't think they had any. I don't. I, I feel like watching that team, we kind of all knew like this is their best team. But yeah, I don't know. It, it it's tough. I understand his point. I understand like top to bottom. If you look at the players they had on the roster, I mean, Mariel Shayak, I believe, is in the NBA um, or in the G League. Uh, Austin Nichols was really good. Um, like I, I get what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, it certainly true. didn't turn out very well that year because they weren't very good. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I would, you know, there's things we never really get to know, like what would happen if those two teams played each other. Um, honestly, the 2013, 14 team and 2018, 19 team could probably play like now because they're still relatively young. Um, just go out there and play. At this point, I'd, I'd be happy watching the 94-95 team play the 96-97 team, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see someone play some sports. <laughs> All right, I last... think one of the questions that didn't make the cut uh, was from Kyle, and he was saying, uh, he said, like, what were your top five favorite UVA seasons that weren't Tony Bennett era? And I was like, oh, the season right before he got there, because that got him there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's funny. They were really bad, and then they, they got the really bad, field. yeah. All right, so last two. Any uh, team with Junior here. Burrow, because Junior Burrow was my dude. I love yeah, him. Junior Burrow was a bad ass. Burrow was, a, sorry, was a, sorry for dropping the A word. No, you're good. You're good. Ferber cussed that last boy was, week. Good. I that boy had a little turnaround jump, and it made Jordan, Jordan blush. I, tur- I cursed it like the three-minute mark last week, Dave, so mm-hmm. don't worry about mm-hmm. that. Um, and I believe it stayed in. Uh, all right, so these two are not UVA-related. Uh, hot take, Stevie Wonder can see. <laughs> All right, so if you guys, if you guys, I kind of believe it. Okay, so yeah, all right, so like if you look this up, and I have before, I've spent a lot of time looking at this, looking this stuff. There are a lot of anecdotal pieces of evidence suggesting that he's faking it, I guess, Um, because like he catches a microphone at one point. Um, He's like, there's like pictures of him in art museums, like looking at art, (laughs) which is it's kind of funny. but yeah, like I don't. I guess obviously, like I wouldn't know if this is a hot take. This is more conspiracy theory. Um, but yeah, interesting. If you guys have any thoughts, I'm on board with it. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, here's my thing on all conspiracy theories. Okay. My 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 one constant is I'm an Occam's Razor kind of guy, right? All things being equal. Yeah, I'm not a big conspiracy right. theory person. How many people would you need to keep quiet in order for Stevie Wonder to actually not be blind? Right. Like that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people in a lot of years who interacted with him. That's a long time to keep a con up. That's all I'm saying. 
He can pay off a lot of people. There's a lot of people who say he isn't. I'm just saying. There's a lot of people who say he isn't. No, no, no. But like, like you don't have evidence of him. Like somebody, because things about like somebody would have gotten paid because all they need to do, especially nowadays, is to have a little, you know, a little clip of him walking around the house, you know, you know, making himself an omelet. Books, reading books, (laughs) making himself an omelet. Can anyone on this podcast say they have proof that Stevie Wonder was ever 100% blonde and not just legally blonde? No, that's fair. Because there is a difference, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you just think he might be playing it up? No, I mean, like, look, I I don't know. (laughs) Dave Spence, Stevie Wonder can see. Stevie Wonder can see. Look, if you said bet your life savings Stevie Wonder is blonde, I would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm probably with you on that, and um, I'm not. No, a big I'd, no I'd probably go. What's your definition of blind? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Very this last. Is where question. the podcast fell apart. Did, did Joe Exotic burn down his shed? He absolutely. Say, okay, wait. I say a 100 percent yes. I it, was he in cahoots with the producer guy when that happened? That's the question. I, mean, I could also see a situation where he like had the producer guy burn it down. I can't imagine the producer guy would burn it down on his own. Unless Especially considering everything like, he lost, yeah, yeah, and, unless there was some sort of like insurance fraud sort of situation going on, but that never came up, so I doubt it. But I could see maybe them working together and being like, "Hey," but then also like, why would he just throw all that footage away? Like, he, I mean, you saw Tiger King; he could have been the person who made it. Yeah, that's the thing. All right, here's my thing. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't know, what we're talking about we're talking about Tiger King, the show on Netflix. Okay, thanks. Um, it was one hundred. You don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Stop what you're doing right now and go watch. Yeah, Tiger. that's right. It's I'm going one, to because I'm still in episode one. It's one hundred percent arson. Okay, it's one hundred percent arson. Right. The cops very clearly were like, "It is arson. It's arson. We just don't have the evidence." Right. I mean, the way he acted certainly seems to me to think that Joe did it. And if I had to lay odds, I would say that he is definitely the guy. But there. Here's my thing. He's like out of town when it happened. It's like, come on. Can you, you know what? You know what my biggest question in this whole stupid show was? It had nothing to do with the, with that. All right, my man walks around with a knee brace for a good mm-hmm. like thirty percent of this show, and nobody ever explains when it was that he tore his ACL. If it was an ACL, why he's you know walking around like I, I thought like that an he offensive got lineman. The tiger grabbed his leg. I thought so too, but they never talk about it. Right, except he just randomly shows up wearing a, uh, a knee brace, and I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's because I'm used to, you know, hey, that's not a good sign. So and so's got a brace on, and some of the that, greatest political ads I've ever seen. Th- well, I don't, yeah, that's when he's like walking around with the brace on, oh, just yeah. like yelling stuff. <laughs> but he's like not the stuff that surfaced on Twitter. A yeah, you know, ago. I got you. No, <laughs> but I mean, he's like he's 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 clearly got this knee brace on. Right, and he's got this 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 cane, and I'm like, wait, can we get like a sit rep here? Like, what happened? And what like is he just doing this for funsies? Like, is he just trying to drum up, you know, uh, sympathy from people? Like, what's up with the knee brace? And they never talk about it. And then sometimes he's wearing it, and sometimes he's not. And I'm like, wait, you know, knee braces are not exactly like, you know, a br- you know, a d- uh, uh, hey, let me let's wear whatever looks good with these pants. You know, like if you need a knee brace, you need a knee brace. Anyway, that that remains my biggest question, and, and maybe that says something about my my chosen profession because, you know, I I go to games and and tell people when folks have wraps on their wrist uh, for a living, um, and I the whole time I'm like I need to know what happened with his knee. Like, was this a tiger related incident? Was, you know, did he did he did he 
did he spring a giblet trying to set the fire? I mean, that's what I, these are the questions that I have. I'm just saying. My biggest anxiety is I want to take a closer look at what is on these meat trucks that they're getting from Walmart <laughs> and just be like, what are the expiration dates on these things? Like, what is going on? Especially what are they, they were like when they made the, the dinner or whatever, when they when they opened up the little pizzeria and they're like, yeah, all that meat came from the truck. I'm like, that is disgusting. Oh. Yeah. Which is really funny because years and years and years ago, I went to Myrtle Beach and actually held a tiger and paid money for it, and it was one of Doc Anil's tigers. And so now I feel especially dirty. I feel like I should oh, give some no. money to charity just in case. You Were know you going to be an apprentice? No, no, I don't have. I don't <laughs> think I have the. Uh, I don't think I have the complexion. For well, that. also that dude lived in Buckingham. Oh, he did. That's great. Yeah, that's he great. He was at Yogaville or whatever, which is like in Buckingham County. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Well, what Dave, is, you have sport? some uh, some fun things to 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 watch you can feel free to text us and tell us you know where you are as you continue on your your watch um yeah, what yeah is, uh, i just wonder what's on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I just finished episode one so i can't get into the whole discussion of tiger king um i just wonder like can you if you're the if you're the guy who produced that show or if you're netflix is there any chance in the world you could have released it at a better time? Right? They were like, oh, yeah, they, you know, Netflix was, was like, yeah, we got this. Yeah. Imagine if that had come out like when the NCAA tournament's gone. Like, yeah, we would were, be talking I, about I this in two or three months. Like, did I you watch that random? Too. I was like, there's going to, there would have been like a subset of people that would have seen it, and all sports fans would have been like, I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We needed, we needed time to mourn it, and now we come back to it. That's, that's a good point. We should be talking about the Sweet 16 this yeah. week. Yeah. Well, we'd be on the way to the final four. Yeah, right no, now. no. Yeah, I was gonna say we'd be on. the Oh way yeah, to the final yeah. Four. We'd have been talking about yeah, Sweet Sixteen weekend. Yeah, we'd be we'd final be four. getting ready for UVA's matchup in Atlanta, and, and instead, I would be dying, is... dying my hair blonde. <laughs> instead, <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. This is probably the like, the second or you know, we're in you know, last week or the week before. We'll we'll hold the record, but as far as podcast time before actual sports being played. Yeah. We could be very, very long away still. Yeah. So, send your suggestions. On that you. note, thank you to At everyone Justin who submitted uh, who submitted questions, <laughs> whether we answered them or not. I'm sure we will do many of these. So, if you had something that you submitted that we didn't get to, or later on you want to submit something, um, you know, send that to Ferber. Stop tagging me and stuff. Um, if you if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast. Wherever it is that podcasts exist, I'm pretty sure we're there. And if not, let me know because I want to be there. Um, and if you're inclined, give us a rating and review. It helps to get us out in front of more people, and we very much appreciate that. If you're somebody who has found the pod but has not given us a look yet, check us out at the website, CavsCorner.com. Let's see. Right now, I've got uh, part one of a Q&A I did with Justin Anderson, Virginia Football's director of player personnel, talking about the coronavirus outbreak and how it's changed things on the recruiting front um, and how, um, you know, kind of like what they're – what the what the conditions are on the ground? How how different is it for them? How you know what's what's the the class like now? Um, in the second part, we get into kind of comparing twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one and that kind of thing. Um, let's see. Uh, the mothership did some stuff for me um, in this time of great amounts of content, um, where they looked at um, ten first years or freshmen, as the case may be, uh, who have high expectations to Bree Abdur Rahim made that list. Um, Ferber's been working his way through the season reviews, talking to, to, to various, um, talking about different guys and, and the seasons they had versus what they've got coming up. So you can check those out. Um, 
and then let's see what I got for the rest of the week. Um, I know that I've, I've got a feature coming at some point this week on um, Charles Snowden. I've got um, the second part of my Justin Anderson Q&A, so you can check that out as well. Let's see. Happy you- early birthday, Brad. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, remember to hit the Fanatics link if you are so inclined, UVA or content or UVA content, UVA products or otherwise, anything basically that you get to via our link helps to support the, the show. That's both in content item for this program as well as your podcast app of choice. Um, again, um, I didn't mention it earlier, but secondstringsports.com. You can give them a look online. Second with a two. Our thanks to them. Yeah. And I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. Um, it's a crazy world out there, and I appreciate them um, <laughs> being willing to spend some some time uh, yakking it up with me, um, yakking it, yucking it up with me every week. Uh, for David Smith and Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com, thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.